a Bible or if you have a Bible app on your phone, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Luke. We're going to look at the book of Luke and we're going to talk all about joy this morning. And so I'm going to use the scripture this morning to talk about joy. Um, you just walked in and I just want you to know you missed it. We talked about dogs in Christmas sweaters. So yeah, there, right there. He's actually the person that told me joy uh, for him. It's just funny that you were outside of the room when I was showing the pictures. But anyway, uh, Luke chapter 2, I want to talk all about joy this morning. And so I don't know what kind of week you've had. I don't know what kind of December you've had. I would guess that it's been a busy month. I would guess that it's been a busy couple weeks. And I would guess that between today and next Sunday, Christmas Eve, by the way, 9 and 1030 next Sunday, Cannot wait to celebrate with you. I would guess that you might have some stress in the coming days getting ready for Christmas. And I hope that as we put uh, the message in front of you this morning, I hope that you will have joy this week. I hope that you will take the scripture and that it will jump off the screen for you, that it will jump off the pages of your Bible, maybe the screen on your phone as you look at Luke chapter 2. And I hope that you are equipped this morning with joy. I hope you are captivated by God's Word, by the Gospel of Luke specifically, as we look at joy. Here's Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, let's just keep it there. Let's go back to verse 8. I want you to see this. The shepherds are there keeping watch over what? Over what? If you're a shepherd, what do you have? Some sheep, right? Yeah, some sheep, and sheep are not smart, and so they need a shepherd. So watch what happens next, verse 9, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Whoa, like if your job is a shepherd, you probably get bored from time to time. It's not, I would say that if you live during that time, I mean, maybe it's your dream job, but... I think there are probably some shepherds thinking, man, I wonder like what I'm going to do next, right? Like there's no, I, I don't know like what the next step is uh, when you're a shepherd. Uh, I, I don't know what the next step is, but if an angel of the Lord appears to me, that's my best day as a shepherd, right? Like that is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me as a shepherd because I'm just hanging out with sheep. And the glory of the, what? The glory of the Lord did what? Shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Verse 10, we're going to come back to that. And the angel said to them, fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. If you've got your Bible open or a Bible app open, you need to highlight that phrase, Great joy, great joy that will be for all, underline that, all the people, not just some of the people, not just the religious people, not just the people that have a certain lineage, uh, maybe their parents knew God, maybe their grandparents knew God. No, this is a joy that is going to be for what kind of people? For all the people. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hello, if I am a shepherd and I'm hanging out with my flock 
and an angel shows up. This is the most eventful day I have ever been working as a shepherd, watching over my flock. An angel shows up and tells me a Savior is coming. Not everybody during that time had that kind of day. Just the shepherd, right? Just the shepherd. Have, have an angel show up and tell them, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Verse 13, two more verses here. And suddenly there was with the angel, listen, look at this, this is so powerful. How many of us just glaze over this part of the story? A multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, look at this in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So it's gone from now an angel to a whole heavenly host. So if you are that shepherd or one of the shepherds and you're there and an angel shows up and then God takes it to another level and now you see this heavenly host worshiping and at that point I would join in, right? I don't know what that looked like. I, I don't know all the specifics, but I would join in. I'd forget about the sheep. I'd be like, y'all just go. I'm just going to have a moment, right? Even though they might need my guy, I would be like, sheep, y'all are good. Y'all just go play. Go play, recess, and I would just want to worship. I would just want to worship. And so I want to talk about the joy that happened then in Luke chapter 2, and I want to talk about joy and how it relates to us this morning, because you may be here this morning, and you may feel like you're at the end of your rope, and you need to grab a hold of some joy. And you may also be here this morning, and you may say, everything is good. Like, everything in this season for me is good. I'm not stressed. There is nothing hard. And, and if that's you, I would say, that is awesome. But there's coming a day, it may be this week, where you will have stress, where you will have a trial. And so the joy in the scriptures this morning is for all of us. So when you look at the gospel of Luke, there's a message. And the message is this, that joy is coming. Joy is coming. And as you think about when you read the story of Luke chapter 2, that joy is coming if you put yourself in their shoes. That's the message we look back and we can say, we know the whole story, but for them, they don't know exactly what it's going to look like. For us, we can look back and say, man, joy is coming. Joy is coming. Now, I want to point out a part of the story that I think a lot of us miss. So when you go back to Luke chapter 2, and the angel says to them, fear not, fear not not. I want to go back to that verse. I want us to take a look at that because in that same verse, in that same passage, you see the angel say, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great what? Everybody say it together. I bring you good news of great joy. What's the remedy for fear? The remedy for fear is joy. The remedy for fear is joy. Now, in your Bible, there's a couple different definitions for fear, okay? So, in the Old Testament, when you read fear God, that word fear means 
kind of a reverential awe. This word fear in Luke chapter 2, in the original language in the Greek, is pronounced phobio. Now, if you, if you were a good uh, Greek person, you, you would say it not like I did, but you would say it much more uh, culturally uh, correct, right? Uh, but, but it's where we get our word phobia. It's where we get our word phobia. And, and another, we're, another way to translate it, uh, when you go back to that original language, is terrified. Is terrified. So, why are they terrified? Why are the shepherds terrified? Because angels don't mess around. Anytime you see an angel in the Bible, typically they have to tell the people around them to not be afraid. Because angels are not like the little angels we put at the top of the tree. Angels don't really look like that. Angels are bowed up, ready to fight. And what's so interesting about angels in the Bible is one of the ways that you can define an angel is they are a messenger, and angels also watch over people. Angels are messengers, and they watch over people. So when you read Luke chapter 2, don't miss this part of the story, church, that the shepherds are watching over their flock, but guess what angels do? They watch over people. So in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, you have shepherds watching over sheep, and then all of a sudden, you have an angel show up, and one of the things that angels do is they watch over. They are messengers. They are protectors. Angels are engaged in a battle that's been going on since, since God created us, since God put us on planet Earth. The angels have been watching over. The angels have been messengers. They have been here for us. And the angel is saying, don't be afraid, and I am bringing you good news of great what? Great joy. And so joy, biblically, is the remedy for fear. Joy is the remedy for fear. That is how we combat fear. That's how we combat being terrified. It's how we combat being gripped by fear is we find joy and joy is ultimately found in Jesus Christ. Joy is ultimately found in Jesus Christ. If joy is the remedy for fear, how do I get it? I get joy in a relationship with Jesus, knowing that he gave his life for me, that he came, Advent, the coming of the Lord, is for us. It is for us to be able to have a personal real relationship with God and exchanging fear for the joy found in Christ is available to everyone. Exchanging fear for the joy found in Christ is available to everyone. When you read Luke chapter 2 and you look at that passage, the joy, the good news, the gospel, Luke 2 says, is for all the people not just the Jewish people. At that time, the Jewish people believed that the coming Messiah was coming for the Jews. But Luke chapter 2 tells us that the coming Messiah, that Jesus Christ, is available for all of us. Jesus Christ is available for all of us. And watch this. Joy is triggered when we start to understand that Jesus is available to anyone. Joy is triggered when we start to understand that Jesus is available to anyone, 
That means regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, regardless of the decisions you've made in your everyday life, joy is available to you. It doesn't matter how many scars you carry with you. It doesn't matter how many bad decisions you've made. It doesn't matter what kind of addiction grabs a hold of your heart. Joy found in Christ is available to all of us. And joy can be triggered by finding your life in Christ today. If you are coming out of a season of darkness where you are discouraged, where you are depressed, where you are anxious, joy can be triggered when we start to understand that joy is available to anyone, to everyone, for all of us, that joy is here for all of us. We have that opportunity this morning as we grab a hold of a relationship with Jesus. It triggers joy in our hearts, minds, and souls. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, I want to go to this phrase right here, for all the people. Good news of great joy. In Luke chapter 2, we start to get a hold of a theological term that you may or may not have heard of, and it's the word atonement. And so I'd encourage you to write that word down. It's probably not a word that you use on, on an everyday basis. But when we talk about how Christ atones for our sins, you have to start with the gospel of Luke. You have to be able to go back to the gospel and say that Jesus came for all people. Because if Jesus only came for some people, if, if Jesus only came for holy people, if Jesus only came for church people, if Jesus only came for religious people, then he didn't really come to atone. He just came to hang out with the holy. And that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to atone our sins. And here's the definition of atonement. Atonement is the act by which God and man are brought together for a personal relationship. Atonement is the act by which God and man are brought together for a personal relationship. How are God and man brought together? It starts with Advent. It starts with the coming of Jesus. It starts with Jesus coming for my life, for your life, for all of our lives, where Luke chapter 2 says, good news of great joy is available to anyone. Good news of great joy is available to anyone, to everyone. And that atonement that Jesus came for me, that he came to give his life for me, is the act by which God and man are brought together for a personal relationship. And as God and man are brought together, think about this. This is such a glorious truth. As God comes together with man, atonement happens. Forgiveness of sins triggers joy. Joy is a major compound in this relationship. It's a major ingredient. Joy happens when God and man come together and we say, God, your grace is so good, your love is so sweet, your mercy is so everlasting that it triggers joy in my heart. Atonement, understanding atonement should bring us joy. Do you see the word picture here? Atonement is the act by which God and man are brought together. And as God and men are brought together, you also have the coming of Jesus. Yes, he came 2,000 years ago in the form of a baby, but he also desires to come into our lives. Another kind of Advent. Are you with me this morning? If Advent means coming, 
then Jesus comes into my life to take my sin. And He wants to give me great joy. He wants to give me great joy. The birth of Jesus means there can be a birth of joy. The birth of Jesus means there can be a birth of joy. And knowing Him can lead to a fullness of joy. Knowing Him can lead to a fullness of joy. How do I know that? How do I know that? In Psalm 16, this is going to be on the screen for you. In Psalm 16, it reads, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of what? Joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But when you start in that verse and it says, you make known to me the path of what? The path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. And so there's actually levels of joy we can have. The more we follow Christ, the more we follow the path God has for us, the more fullness the what is. The more fullness the joy is. And so I want to I put the message in park this morning and I want to talk about fullness of joy, because I want you to have the most joy possible. I want you this week to have the most joy possible. I want you to be jumping out of your skin with excitement this week because you have so much joy. I want you to have so much joy this week that you have to talk to somebody. And I don't mean a counselor. I mean, maybe you tell your counselor, but I want you to have so much joy this week that you've got to go talk to somebody that doesn't know Jesus, or maybe somebody that does know Jesus that needs encouragement. And you would say, the path of life has been made known to me so much. As I read the Bible, as I read the Christmas story, as I read the Gospel of Luke, I have joy. But how do you get more and more joy? Because it starts, it's sparked, it's triggered by a relationship with Jesus. But when we read verse 11 and it says, you make known to me the path of life. See, when we follow the path that God has for us, and when we're on His path for our lives, and we're using Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, to keep us on the path of life, we encounter more joy. But please don't miss this. When we walk in our own path, and when we walk away from God's best in our life and His direction for our life, We may get a little bit of temporary happiness, but we will never have real joy. In Psalm 16, verse 11, this principle, this truth is so powerful in our lives because it is the key to unlocking more and more and more joy in our lives. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. When we walk away for God's when we walk away from God's plan for us, we walk away from a fullness of joy. Can you still have a little bit of joy because you know Jesus? Yes. But don't we want the fullness of joy? Don't you want a joy that is like so great that is exponentially greater than anything you could ever come across in this life? Any material possession, any success at work, any promotion that you could ever get at your job, any you know, better than any little bonus you could get around Christmas time is found in the joy of knowing Christ and following the path that he has for him. And what does that look like? It looks like one word, obedience. 
Obedience keeps you on the path of knowing Christ. Obedience keeps you on the path of knowing Christ. And you see that. I mean, Psalm 16 verse 11 is just screaming obedience is the result of joy. That when I follow the path that God has for me, and as I'm faithful to that, and as I obey, listen to this, what God has for me, which is not always easy, obedience can be hard. Obedience is not always the easiest thing to do. In fact, when life is good, and I think this is so true for uh, Americans that are Christians, because we have it so good in our country, all the freedoms we have, all the material things that we have, all the resources that we have, we can easily just temporarily escape, right, with technology, with whatever, and we can have a little bit of happiness. We can get distracted, and we can walk away from the path that Jesus would have for us, but obedience is always the thing that gives us the most joy. Obedience leads to joy. And you see it, I mean, there are lots of obedience and joy stories in the Bible. I would encourage you this week to start in Luke chapter 2 and read the Christmas story every day. Read it every day. And as you read it every day, you'll get a greater understanding of joy. Because the Bible does that. Every time you read the Bible, you'll find nuggets of truth. And you'll find a new way to obey God and it will give you great joy. Because the more you follow after Him, the more joy you will have. The more you are obedient, the more joy you will have. And what's so interesting about joy, especially for us in America, is we think the more possessions we have, That's what will lead to joy. Think about it. I mean, you wouldn't audibly say that, but based on our behavior, just look at us as a country. The more stuff we get, the more money that we make, we think we'll have happiness. And the reality is that joy is found in Christ and knowing Him. That in His presence, there is a fullness of what? Of joy. And so as you follow Christ, and as you stay close to Him, and as you pursue Him and being faithful to Him, you will have a fullness of joy. It's not unlocked by a bigger house. It's not unlocked by a better car. It's not unlocked by some uh, thing that you're trying to attain in your life. It's not what our culture says. An increasing amount of joy is found in a relationship with Christ. And if you're here this morning, and you're going through some trials, and I understand there are seasons. I mean, think about it. We are in winter. It is cold. And I love that we celebrate a coming Savior in the season of winter. What happens in the winter? Things die, right? Let's just be honest here. Winter is a fun season, but really only because, for me, Christmas happens. I mean, how many of you love to watch every single one of your leaves in your yard die, right? They all fall off. It's it's a season. We understand all of us go through seasons. Winter is that season. We all go through winter, don't we? We all experience winter where we have loss, but guess what? In the midst of the loss, we can find hope 
in Christ, we can experience Psalm 16. In God's path, in his presence, the path of life, as we follow Christ and everything that he has for us, we can experience joy. We can experience God's best for us as we follow him. We can experience more and more and more joy when we follow the path of life and when we obey, we encounter a deeper joy. When we obey, we encounter a deeper joy. And so I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what the greatest point of application is for you, but the Holy Spirit does. God's Spirit speaks to each and every one of us. How can we follow Christ more so that we can experience more joy? How can we be obedient? How can we respond today from the Scriptures so that we can have more joy? It's by focusing our eyes on Christ. And this week, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, my hope and my prayer is this that you would radically change some things about your week so that you can follow Christ more. That's my prayer. And again, I don't know what that looks like, but God does. God knows what it looks like. And as we ask God to draw near to us, we will draw near to Him, and we will experience more and more and more joy. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that joy is found in knowing you, that joy is found in knowing you. And so, Lord, we thank you that there is a fullness of joy that comes only from following your path and fixing our eyes on you. We thank you that we can Understand Psalm 16, verse 11, that at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, that there is a fullness of joy as we follow your path. God, we love you and we worship you this morning. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.